welcome to GM the GM, a podcast all about escape rooms from a behind the scenes games master perspective. Thank you so much for listening. And today it's going to be slightly different because normally it's all about me and what I think. (laughs) And so it is from a games master perspective, but today I have a guest, my very first guest. Hello. Hello. (laughs) So this is Nicole and she is an owner of an escape room. And Nicole is going to be talking about a subject which I'll let her introduce in a moment. But today then is mostly from an owner's perspective. We are going to be doing a bit of chatting and a bit of questioning and stuff all the way through. So hope you enjoy. And uh, Nicole, if you'd like to introduce yourself and what you're going to be talking about. Of course. Yeah. So hello, everyone. Um, I will be talking about the art of intuition when working in an escape room. I feel like a lot of the subject will be, it will sound as if it's common sense, but the two years that I have owned an escape room, I've learned a lot more about reading a room, reading the players, and also just reading the game mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, from, from feedback. Um, so that's either facial expressions, uh, body language, or, or things that, that people have said. I feel like I am an intuitive person. I feel like I pick up on what people say or how people feel uh, through, as mentioned, body language and, and things that people have said. So it's something that comes naturally to me, but it might not necessarily come naturally to um, others. So I'm hoping that this will either help GMs to, to read their team or help players communicate maybe more effectively with their with their games masters. The way that I see this is assessing your players at the introduction. So that's the, the moment that they arrive with you, kind of deciding how they feel. We have a lot of people who arrive and they might look nervous, they look excited, or sometimes maybe a bit bored. yeah Yeah, sometimes um it depends um so you know we know how to work with each of those different types of players um so if someone looks looks bored you know maybe ramp up the enthusiasm um if someone looks excited maybe match that but what i'd like to to do is talk about the different the three types of um different players who arrive with us so first off we'll have first timers you can kind of tell who first timers are. They tend to look quite nervous, quite timid, not sure what they're doing. Um, sometimes they look like they, they don't know whether or not they're in the right place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but once you've assured them that they are, you tend to ask, you know, have you played any escape rooms before? The answer returns a no. Then you know that you need to give them the whole show. You need to start at the beginning, usually explain what an escape room is, Um, then lead on to what they need to do once they're in the room um, and then also provide them with the location specific health and safety information. I think you've had quite a bit of experience with uh, with first timers and and knowing how to ease them, ease their worries and and kind of knock out any nervousness. Yeah, um, absolutely. (laughs) It's uh, it's certainly you can you can just tell first timers, although we do go ahead and ask have you played any escape rooms before? Uh, I've said this in a previous podcast, but the first time is you can just tell because they come in and they just have this look and it's always the same. It's a little bit of apprehension, a little bit scared, a little bit 
what on earth am I about to do? What is this place? Because often escape rooms are set up, um, you know, not like a shop, you know, they, mm. they could be a bit dark or they, you know, the theming runs often runs through the reception area as well. And it can look a bit odd. So, yeah, people come in with a slightly confused looks on their faces. And uh, GMs that have been GMing for a while will will know the look. <laughs> Um, so that's first timers. Um, that then leads us neatly onto intermediate players. And there's no kind of number, there's no specific number, but I'm just going to pick one out of the air. I'd say intermediate players are between, uh, sorry, they have played between five uh, and maybe 20 escape rooms. So they've had experience, they have an idea as to, to what they're doing. You're just kind of another number. You're you're um, increasing their their number of escape room experience. Yeah. One thing that I have noticed with these teams is that enthusiasm and exciting the team is important. So I use an example of go, going on a plane journey. You see the health and safety introduction for a plane journey on every single trip, but your one needs to be different to engage with the team. So you know if you're spurring out the exact same information that they've seen at another escape room, you might lose their interest. So exciting the team, as I've mentioned, uh, but also engaging engaging with them, maybe telling them about uh, examples of situations that, that you've come across, funny stories, things that might have happened with other players. Uh, it really breaks the ice and kind of gets them into the mood, the escape room mood. That leads me neatly on to seasoned players. And Ooh, actually, yes. sorry, just before we go on to mm. that, I just had a, a little question there with what you were saying. <clears throat> so you're saying with intermediate people, they've heard the health and safety and it's a good idea to chop and change it up a little bit, keep yeah. their interest. Would you um, perhaps suggest for any new owners out there or people thinking about suggest, uh, setting up an escape room that they try and do something different? keep it fresh from anything else that they've experienced mm. do you mean particularly for intermediate players perhaps yeah, yeah. or in general yeah I, th- I think I'm about to answer your question so oh, let, okay. me, let me know if uh, no no, no <laughs> I mean uh, yeah right now let, let me know if I have <laughs> or I haven't um so what one thing that I would do is kind of skim over certain parts of the introduction for intermediate players uh, they don't need to hear you know what they're about to take part in they they have an idea as to what they're doing so it, it tends to be a shorter introduction it's it's more to the point you've played other escape rooms okay so you know this you know that you know that here's the location specific information i do hope that answered your question yes it does yeah. actually yeah so you'd actually you just you just tailor your own introduction depending on how much uh, sorry how many escape rooms the team have played yes yeah yes. so with an intermediate group you wouldn't have to say, okay, well, you're going into an immersive environment mm-hmm. and explain what an escape room is because they already know. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So moving on to seasoned players, uh, I'd say that myself and Gemma are seasoned players. I do not keep track of the number of escape rooms that I've played. Come on, Nicole. What's your <laughs> come on, What's your rough number? You must know roughly. Oh, rough number. It's above 150. Okay. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I really now now I really do wish that I had kept track. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Knowing what I know now. Yeah. Um, there's so many people that I'm aware of who have spreadsheets. They've numbered them. They dated them. <laughs> 
And um, I'm laughing because I, I've missed the opportunity. That boat has sailed for me. Nicole's laughing because um, my face is looking very guilty. <laughs> yes, I have a, I have a spreadsheet. Yes, yes, well, yes. good. Good. Yeah. Well, the thing is, though, is that I had, I had a spreadsheet and then I thought I'd lost it. And so I had to make another one. And I think I was on about 80 rooms and trying to remember all of them. Yeah. <gasps> I had to go back through all like my Facebook posts and Facebook oh photos. Um, you know, and just I just really had to just walk through the last four years of my life and think, right, where was I? What, did I play a room there? Did I play a room there? And do my best. But then I found my original spreadsheet. So I was glad about that. Amazing. And uh, just to update folks, because on my top five podcast, I was on 90 rooms and today I'm playing my 94th I've added a couple to it (laughs) since then I'm heading towards 100 so yeah you uh, north of 150 yeah you're certainly certainly beating me yeah well it's not a competition no I know I know I know (laughs) actually um something interesting here uh you just saying like you wish that you had knowing what you know now Mm. when I come across first-time players now and they come out of the room and they really loved it. And, you know, I'm handing them their little post-game trinket. I say to them, look, I wish someone had told me this when I first started. So I'm telling you now, because you seem like you're going to play more. Yeah. Keep everything that you are given from an escape room. Yeah. Because I know that some enthusiasts make little, like, pin boards of all of the stuff yeah. that they've been given. And it looks really cool. It's just this, like, um, mosaic, you know, mishmash of, of items that you're given. And I don't haven't really kept any of mine. Yeah. And I do wish that I had now. So if you are a first-time escape room player, keep everything because it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> And start a spreadsheet. <laughs> yes, I, I totally agree with that. Um, you know, yeah, you're, you're, you hit the nail on the head. When you see people, it's their first experience, they come out and their face, you know, it looks like their the mouth is going to break because their smile is so big. Um, yeah, I, I might start doing that. Thank you. See, I've learned something new. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, with regards to seasoned players, the introduction will be completely different with these type of players, in my experience anyway. Um, So I have noticed with players who have played, you know, probably 30 plus, maybe even 50 plus, the introduction is mainly uh, just a chat. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) They kind of come up, you're like, have you played escape rooms before? Yeah, 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 yeah. We've done like, you know, 100. We're like, yes, where have you played? What was your favourite? It's more about talking to the customers. And and this is a genuine chat, by the way. It's nice to meet other people who are excited about escape rooms love playing them and they're happy to just talk about the the good the bad and the ugly so i'd say it's more conversational um that particular intro i actually forgot to mention that this is seasoned players and also record break (laughs) breaking attempts um you you can definitely tell when someone wants to break a record mainly because one of their first questions is What's the record for this room? Yeah. <laughs> and with those types of players, you know, but you know that you won't need to help them very much. Yeah. If they're looking to break a record, your job as a GM is like, you might as well not be there. <laughs> <laughs> You're just watching just to make sure they don't fall over and hurt themselves, basically. Yeah. yeah. They won't want any help. <laughs> no. Um, it's always fun to, to watch those games as well. Um, you know just seeing people speak through a room it's nerve-wracking but um, it's fun 
I do find though that um, often teams will ask, especially if they're um, like uh, work dues or stag dues and things like that. They'll just be, oh, what's the record? And then you'll tell them. And they're like, yep, easy. We can do that. (laughs) (laughs) Those ones are not the serious ones, obviously. But yeah, they go in. and, And once I've actually heard players say in the room once that time has gone past yeah. you know they're like oh well we haven't done it you know <laughs> let's just let's just carry on <laughs> yeah um, that, that's an interesting point actually that I've chose to um talk about the the different kind of experience of, of players um but that's a, a very interesting point the the different types of groups that we have team building I, I've definitely noticed that they are what the yeah. what the record is and you're just like you don't want to know no. just, just get in just, <laughs> just get in and give it a go yeah. yeah but I think that that kind of circles around to the the, the new players because they ask the mm. record and they have no idea how tricky it's yeah. actually going to be <laughs> and then you know when you say oh you can ask for help if you want oh no 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 we're not asking for help and it's <laughs> yeah and they say oh you know well we'll we'll see how we get on and uh and then they realise that they do need help and it's all part of the experience. Mm. And it's actually a lot trickier than they thought it was going to be. Yeah, yeah that's that's definitely a newbie uh, attitude. Trait. Yeah. yeah, trait. <laughs> Throughout the introduction, I, I do ask how the people would like to receive their hints. Um, at the escape room that I own, we, we don't just give people hints. Um, some escape rooms, they, they do, you know, they see that you're struggling at a certain point and they'll just provide you with with a hint but I do always ask teams you know how do you like your hints and it's kind of in a way cheating because I'm talking about intuition but I actually straight out ask (laughs) (laughs) um so so yeah that's it's it's helping me it it helps me um host the game in the way that I hope the players would like it absolutely it assists your intuition I imagine quite often you've you've made a bit of a judgment on what they're going to say, but it's always good just to, just to make sure, isn't it? Because that is a that's a game changer, isn't it? Because yeah, you might think you have it correct, but if you don't and you do offer help and they don't want it, mm. for players that's a real game changer and they can hate the game. I've done that. Mm-hmm. I've got too much help, gotten frustrated. I've actually shouted at a GM before. Not not face to face, but yeah. from inside the room, I've actually said, "Stop giving us help." <laughs> they literally weren't giving me any time to solve the puzzle. Yeah. So, yeah, we can rely on our intuition so far, but there are some things it's really best to check because that's important. I have also done that. I've, I've also said, "Please <laughs> stop helping us. We need a moment." I, I do like to escape the room within the sixty minutes, which it normally is, um, but I like to attempt it myself. Mm-hmm. But I've, I've gone off the uh, the beaten track there. That's okay. <laughs> We're allowed. We're allowed. Um, so I'd like to discuss hints. I know I we briefly touched upon this, um, and I've also mentioned that I ask people uh, cheating. <laughs> cheating. <laughs> I ask people how they like their hints. So at the escape room that I own, we have hint personalities. We strike up a a relationship sorry a conversation um with the team before they enter the room and then we continue that within their experience um whether or not that's commenting on the fact that it's someone's birthday someone's stag do or just saying you know i haven't seen you here before welcome with the with the previous knowledge of how the team would like their hints um it's important to 
to listen to, to what the players are saying and judge when you need to step in and when you don't. This is the intuitive part, the area that I think some GMs um, might struggle with throughout their training. Yeah, The GM role, I think it does appear on the surface to be very easy, um, getting people into the room, they solve the puzzles, you get them out, you reset the room. But there's a lot more to it. And this is what I was talking about earlier, where you're reading the room, you're, you're reading players, um, you're just reading the, the general atmosphere. If a team seem like they are frustrated with something in the room, I believe it's important to, to step in and try to either diffuse that or offer assistance to steer them away from um, spiralling into a, a negative experience. Yeah, just recently, I have had a couple of teams that started to look like they were getting frustrated. So I had to jump in. So I'll give a couple of examples to um, to demonstrate what we mean. Uh, the first one was was simply the pen that we provide for the players to make notes um, was starting to run out. They didn't say that. They didn't say, oh, the pen's not working, but they started shaking it like, oh, shaking it, shaking it, shaking it. And when teams start to do that, I know, obviously, they're trying to make it work. So in character, you step in, you just say, oh, you're having a bit of trouble with the pen or is the pen not working? And then they will say, no, the pen's not working. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you can just provide another pen. Simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just picking up on subtle T's, subtleties mm-hmm. that uh, players are doing and trying to rectify the situation, because that's something that a player might not say anything. And then at the end of the game, you'll be like, oh, you know, you perhaps you seem to struggle on that puzzle. Oh, yeah, well, the pen wasn't working, so I couldn't make any notes. And then as a GM, I'm always just like, why didn't you say anything? (laughs) We could have rectified that. Um, Another one, actually, was a guy, he kept um, putting his hand on his head and just going, oh, like that, like hitting his forehead. And and at one point, he put his head down in the crook of his arm. I I noticed him doing this quite a lot. It looked like the room was actually painful for his brain, actually. Um, Well, this is the interesting thing, yeah. So I I just picked up on the fact that he was clearly struggling. So in character, I just said, you know, don't give up. You're doing really well. And they were. They were actually doing well. I wasn't even lying. Um, (laughs) And after the game, I said, you know, you did well. They escaped within the 60 minutes. They did well. And I said to him, you know, how did you find that? And he said, I'm really hungover. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was just that he was hungover. Mm. I just thought, you know, that he was just hating the room or just struggling with the puzzles. But no, he was just hungover. <laughs> but he loved it. He said he absolutely That's loved good. it. Yeah, sorry. I, my mind is just flashback to, you know, five separate games where I've had the same situation. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this player hates it. What am I going to say at the end? And then they come out with that line. It's like, yeah, I was up till three in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, breathe a sigh of relief. <laughs> um, but yeah, you you touched on a, a really good point, Gemma. Um, is not not only listening to to what the players are saying, but also watching. That that is our that is our job. Our job is to listen, to watch, um, and to provide assistance. But picking up on those subtleties that you mentioned, you know, shaking the pen or a head in the in the crick of your their arm, uh, trying to help move the the game into a space that looks happy, you know, it it yeah. looks good, it looks enjoyable um, for the team. 
One way of picking up on the the general vibe in the room is knowing when your team are stubborn when it comes to hints. <laughs> You've usually picked up on that from the introduction and, you know, the first like maybe 10, 15 minutes of the game. But when a team are stubborn, it's very important to not just straight away jump in with a clue. Yeah. You always need to to check with them. If you ask them if they would like a hint and they still say no, um, it's entirely up to them. They're playing the game how they would like to. But circling back to what I mentioned earlier about frustration, we do want to limit that. I do sometimes in character say, you know, I, I can see that that's troubling you. Would you like to, you know, are you sure you don't want any help with that? If you ask like three, four times, it's, you've done your job. But yeah, we just don't want people to be frustrated and then potentially think that that is how the room should be. Um, that's that's never the aim. I, I've, I haven't visited an escape room that aims to frustrate you. Haven't you? Uh, no, actually, no, I have. I was going to say, I have. <laughs> I have. Um, yeah, one escape room has done that, but it was in a humorous way. Oh, no, my experience was just, oh, my brain is better than yours. You can't oh, beat me. Yeah. That kind of way. You're not going to say yeah. where it was. I'm not going to say where it was. Okay. No, but, we'll talk uh, after. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, occasionally mm. uh, owners get the god complex, don't they, with mm. their puzzles. Yeah. And they just like to prove that they, I think they open an escape room just to prove that they are cleverer than everybody <laughs> else. I've, mm. I've, I've only played one, but um, I've heard of a few others as well. Okay. Um, I wanted to pick up on what you were saying there about uh, stubborn teams and hints. Yeah. So if there is any new GMs out there and and, and also new owners as well, because I found that, um, you know, I've worked at a few different escape rooms and especially when a new room opens, you know, it's, it's very nerve wracking and new owners can also just want to jump in and give help to mm. make sure that the players get through the room. They want they want the players to see the whole experience, which is completely understandable. Mm-hmm. But um and, and new GMs will probably feel the same. You know, they're like, oh, oh, they're struggling. I must must give them help. You really have to learn and try to learn quite quickly mm-hmm. to sit back, let them work through their process. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. Yeah. Nicole just took a deep breath as if she was actually trying to do it. <laughs> it deep breaths help. Yeah, that's definitely a throwback. It, it did take me a little while to learn that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I'm a people pleaser and I like to help people. So in the early days when I saw people were struggling, it's like, right, so let me give you some help on that. It's yeah. Like, no, 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 no. People have come to the escape room to experience it themselves. So that, you know, you're you're absolutely right. That is something that you need to learn very, very quickly. Um, and for any owners out there who are training their GMs on their games, you need to impress that upon them. No. It is a bit of a skill as well. And mm. it does take a bit of intuition. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, good point. Um, what, one way that I would say that you can avoid that happening is extensive testing. It's it's up to the individual owner how, how much testing they want to do on each game. But, you know, obviously most testers don't pay for the experience. Um, they also provide feedback at the end of the, the test game. Um, and that is a really good way of being able to, you know, feeling like you're able to, to sit back. You will have all of the hints there either in your mind or on a spreadsheet or however it is that you present them. 
Yeah, I, I'd say that extensive testing will allow you to see how long you should wait on that particular game to ask people if they want help. Hanging back and waiting to see when you when you should provide assistance, because as as Gemma has said, it, it's a learned skill. It, it takes time mm-hmm. to know when to chime in and and when to not. Um, but yeah, I, de- I definitely say that testing will allow you to, to understand the, the the hinting on your yeah, game, better. the flow of the game, and mm. yeah, how long you should give for each particular puzzle well an idea anyway Mm. and like you said so there's a great tip there for any new owners Nicole recommends that you should test your room and as much as you can really we know that creating rooms can often go over time schedule (laughs) so you're often not left with that much time for testing the new room but just try and yeah do as much testing as possible Mm -hmm. so that was a that was a great and it's funny actually because that was a great tip from an owner's point of view and I've never been an owner. So as a G- from a GM point of view, the best tip that I can give for learning to sit back, not necessarily for learning to sit back, but if you're finding yourself wanting to give help, don't just jump in with the help. Simply mm-hmm. ask the team if they want help. Whatever your hint system is, if it's a character, if it's on the screen, if it's on a walkie talkie, um, you know, I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head at the moment, but I think pretty much with most things you can just, would you like some help? You know, mm-hmm. that's very simple. And then the players decide because it's their game. They're the ones that have paid for it. They're the ones that decide, basically. Mm-hmm. Some examples of when it is best to, to chime in um, and not necessarily with the approval of the, of the players um, <laughs> is if you hear something along the lines of, I can't see this lock, I'm doing rubbish, this key doesn't work. If you say something at that point, it's not necessarily a hint, uh, but make sure you word it correctly. For example, if you have a stubborn team and you say, well, all you need to do is blah, 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 they might see that as being given assistance. I would just say providing them with the help that they need, but distance um, from, from clearing. Yeah, so some perhaps newer teams might not know the difference between an actual clue slash hint and just a bit of help towards the mechanics of the game, I guess. Mm -hmm. There's a part in um, a game that I run that, uh, you know, the lock is in a little bit of darkness, but they're provided a lamp at the beginning. But most of the time, the teams forget the lamp and they leave it at the beginning. So in character, I just t- I just chime in and say, oh, you know, do you, do you still have the lamp? Because they're like, oh, I can't see this. I can't see this lock. Getting a bit frustrated. So I just say, you know, do you still have the lamp? And, and then they remember the lamp and go and get it. And then they can <laughs> see. <laughs> but of course, that's not a hint. It's not a clue because yeah. it hasn't got them through a puzzle. A clue or a hint in a game should help you to get through a puzzle. Yeah. It's not just, you know, oh, there's a lamp over there. There's a pen over there or don't do that. <laughs> That's also another good good time to chime in without asking. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> yeah, that, that's an interesting point that you raise. Um, quite often at the end of a game, I'll say, yeah, you completed it and you did it with two hints. Um, and someone in the team will say, nah, we, we had loads more hints than that. And it's like, no, if, you, if, if I say your lantern's over there, the pen's over there, as Gemma's just said, um, it's not a hint. No, it's definitely no. not a hint. But you, you do get people that are kind of like, all right, yeah, not a hint, is it? It's like, no, it's not. <laughs> it's definitely not. Lastly, with hints is knowing when to withhold them. 
Oh. <laughs> um, so this isn't out of spite. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Definitely not. Um, you know, that, that's our primary purpose. So the GM is obviously there to, to keep the planet safe, uh, but also to, to provide assistance when requested. But if you have a team who are asking you for hints on every puzzle, what you don't want to happen is for them to escape the room in 25 minutes and think, oh, I paid for 60. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's happened quite often where I have been asked for hints on every, every single puzzle. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I said at the beginning, that's absolutely fine. The, the players, they can play the game how they want to. But if it gets to about 15, 20 minutes into the game and the team are halfway through, I would recommend, uh, and I do this myself, I would recommend suggesting that they attempt the puzzle themselves first. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, they, they've paid for an experience. They haven't paid for, for me to basically tell them what to do. Walk them through the room, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, I, I keep saying it, the, the players play the game how they want to. I've, I've never had a reaction to me saying that, you know, do, do you, would you prefer to attempt that yourself first and then ask me for help? I've never had someone say, no, I want a hint. They're always like, oh, okay, yeah, fair enough. And then that tends to to get them to try to attempt the puzzles first rather than asking for help. So yeah, again, it's it's kind of picking up on the on the team, um, just gently and politely suggesting that they attempt the puzzle themselves. Mm. <laughs> And I, I I do that as well sometimes. Um, where I work, there's no clocks in the room, actually. Um, well, no timers. So sometimes they're actually unsure of how long they've got left. And I think sometimes they're panicking that mm. they don't have long left and, you know, they need help, they need help. Sometimes I say, guys, you're, you're doing really well. Mm. You could afford to spend some minutes on this thinking about it. So how about I come back to you in five minutes or you come back to me in five minutes and we'll see how you're doing and normally when they hear that actually you've got some time left they're like oh okay yeah let, let's carry on relax. yeah relax <laughs> absolute side note it's not really anything to do with hints but you do have experiences of teams who are extremely relaxed from from the get-go as well <laughs> yeah um, that's that's always um quite uh, what's the word? Like, it, it makes me feel quite anxious because <laughs> <laughs> you can get to 25 minutes in and no puzzles and, have been yeah, solved. Yeah, or just one. Yeah. yeah, you're just like, oh, guys, <laughs> this is a timed event. <laughs> and, then, and then you say, do you perhaps like some help? And they're like, no, no, we're fine. Yeah. <laughs> we're, do we're doing good. Like, you are. <laughs> oh my goodness yeah you can really get polar opposites mm. I mean for every stubborn team there is the team that just want to be walked through everything and have yeah. tons of hints for every frantic team there's just a team that just go in it's like they've paid for all day yeah. you know it's like they think they've got all day and they're just like yeah you know yeah I'll look at that later we'll Let's just, yeah <laughs> it's hilarious yeah. it's great <laughs> I'd like to move on to the debrief so the, the end of the game, the game is complete. Um, there's a couple of things that, that could have happened. The key, the, the team, <laughs> <laughs> the team um, could have completed the room successfully. Uh, and by successfully, I mean within 
the allotted time uh, for us, that's 60 minutes. They could have completed the room, but gone over the time. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know, 62 minutes. You guys know what's over 60 minutes. I don't actually need to explain that. Um, And then the other scenario um, is that the team have failed the room. It it really upsets me when, when teams fail the room. We want every single team to you know, have the whole experience. Um, and by fail, I, I mean that they got to their 60 minutes and they were at a point where even if they were given a tiny bit of extra time, they wouldn't have finished it. Mm-hmm. It's a fail. It's, it's a mission incomplete. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Come back and try it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there, there's, again, th- this is very much about reading the room. You'll get some people who have failed the room and they're, they're absolutely fine. They're like, I had a ball. It doesn't matter. I don't care. Um, you'll have people who failed the room and they look crushed. Yeah. Or angry. Yeah. <laughs> I think I see angry more than crushed. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I, I think with larger teams, it, it tends to be that there's at least one player who looks angry. Um, <laughs> but when it's two people, they tend to look like, <sighs> deflated, yeah. like, oh, no, we didn't do it. So like, there's only two of you. This is a up to six player room. Yeah, so so reading the room, I tend to, uh, for example, if it is the larger team and say four out of six are like, yeah, it doesn't matter, you know, we had fun, and maybe two are looking a bit miffed or or a bit, you know, dejected, I'll I'll tend to um, try to remember what those players had, had done. Um, so you know, oh, and you know, you you did that great, and you know, not not making it up, I'm I'm actually remembering what has what happened. Mm. Um, so trying to Turn that frown upside down. Yeah. <laughs> um, because, you know, ultimately we, we want everyone to have an awesome experience, whether or not they completed the room in the time um, or or didn't. You know, I'll, I'll big up the whole team uh, as, as I normally do, but I will pay particular attention to the team members who, who do look quite put out. Um, it could be for a number of reasons that the, they might not have clicked with the room. They might not have enjoyed the room. Not everyone's going to enjoy what we what we put out there. But I do feel like when you when you make a connection with those people who, who do look either angry or upset or whatever. I personally feel like sometimes it does. It does help. You Absolutely. Know, they start to work through in their mind that, like, oh, yeah, I, I did do that. Oh, yeah. You know, that part was cool. Um, so rather than kind of going in and just say, well, you know, blanket, well done, everyone, you know, you might not have done it, uh, but et cetera, et cetera. Focusing, maybe paying just slightly more attention to, to those team members who, who do look a bit dejected. Mm. It can it can have a, a more positive impact on their outlook of their experience. And as a player as well, I can tell I know I'm an experienced player, but I can tell when a GM has bothered to watch the game and when Mm. then haven't really watched the game because they come in and they said, oh, you know, you were really great when you did that. And they Mm. give a specific example. And then you think back and think, oh, yeah, actually, I did do that, didn't I? Oh, yeah, I'm clever. (laughs) You know, and you feel good. That's why people do escape rooms, because solving puzzles makes them feel good and clever. They love it. We love it. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, um, for the GMs out there, have a little piece of paper with you when you're watching the game make a few little notes if you see something funny or you know intelligent interesting anything really even just a funny comment that a player might have made if you go in uh, to the room afterwards 
and tell them about that. People love to hear about themselves. <laughs> of course they do. You know, we all love to hear how great we are. Tell them uh, specific examples and they should leave with a smile. <laughs> should. I'm saying should. Yeah. It doesn't always work. Yeah. It's exactly the same for, for teens who complete the room just outside of the time. Raising them up on or, or bigging them up on the fact that they actually completed the mission um so you know you enter the room you say well done you completed that in a brilliant time of 65 minutes and whatever seconds and sometimes you do see the smile turn to a bit of uh, I don't even know what the word is for that Gemma. just disappointed I think yeah, yeah just yeah. oh so we didn't do it then yeah yeah because they know they have 60 minutes mm-hmm. it's like well no you did you you completed the mission didn't yeah. you it's yeah. like yeah I guess we did and it's like slightly over it might be everyone's first time Yes. In, in the group. So that's a good thing to, to point out. There, there could be fewer players in the room. You know, for instance, there could be two players in a maximum eight player room. Yeah. If they slightly go over the time, it makes sense. The room is is made for, for more players. So mentioning that. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, if they spent a long time on a, a particular puzzle or were kind of going around in, in circles, not necessarily saying that, but explaining, you know, and, and there was this puzzle that you looked at for a little while, just as as Gemma mentioned um, not too long ago, just pointing out certain things that have happened through, throughout the game and reminding people, because that's another thing. 60 minutes, it's not a long time, but a lot happens. Oh, gosh, yes. <laughs> yes. A lot of brain cells have to be utilised. Yeah. Yeah. People forget. They, they do. They do. You know, I, I've gone into the room so many times and I said, Oh, you know, when you did X, Y, and Z, and someone's like, I did. Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah. I oh, that was, forgot yeah, about that, that was forty-five minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. I've done loads since then. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, you're right. Then. A lot does happen. Yeah. Mm. And you know, it's it's easier for um, GMs to remember these things, not only because of what Gemma mentioned about taking notes, um, but also the fact that we have seen the game hundreds of times. Each time is completely different but we know what should be done. So it's easier for us to say, you know, you did this at this time, you did that in a completely different way to uh, to um, I've ever seen before. So, um, so yeah, reminding people of things that they've done and things that they've done well yeah. <laughs> as well re- really does help. And lastly... Obviously, there's the teams who who do great. They're, you know, they do it in like 45 minutes or something. It's like I don't even know what to say. You just smash the room. Yeah, <laughs> there's not much to to point out. But of course, you're doing exactly the same thing. You're um you're reminding people of um, really funny points or sorry puzzles that they completed really quickly. As you said, everyone loves that. Mm. <laughs> I wanted to mention teams who want to dash. <laughs> they want to leave quite quickly do you know what I mean? right okay yeah and it, it could be for a number of reasons so I I have had teams before the game say like you know they're looking at their watch and they're like we, we want to do this we want to do it within the 60 minutes we've got dinner reservations we've got a car we've got a baby at home we've got with a child minor I assume um <laughs> <laughs> we've left the baby at home <laughs> well it'll only be an hour it's fine um yeah, you know, you, you can tell when people finish the game and they're like, right, let's do the, the photo and let's go. Or in some instances, they, they might not have clicked with the room and they, they don't really want to have a chat. It's mm. fine. It's absolutely fine. 
but providing them with a succinct debrief. So given exactly the same service that you would to, to other people, to all other teams, uh, but just a bit quicker. <laughs> yeah yeah um so yeah it's picking up on on that vibe sometimes you you can tell that people need to leave quickly for whatever reason watching out for that yeah um and providing them with the same experience uh the same debrief but just, just a bit quicker yeah 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 okay <laughs> so um that is my perception of being intuitive listening out for um cues in the room picking up on body language that's much harder to convey and I'm not expecting everyone to be able to to do that but yeah it's it's an interesting job and every game is different listen you never know who you're who is going to walk through the door Mm. you never know Mm -hmm. and it is very interesting yeah and it does vary every single game you will learn these things and if you're naturally intuitive that definitely helps um, but you will start to pick up on all of these different cues that Nicole's talked about and uh, be able to adjust the experience according to those to those signs, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was really great. Thank you yeah, so much. No, thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> it was so, so lovely to have somebody else here. Uh, as you know, I'm normally doing this all on my own and sometimes I get a little bit tired of my own voice. <laughs> so it was lovely to have somebody to chat to, laugh with and give examples I think we gave loads of good tips um some funny examples and everything and to be honest I could probably sit here for about two hours and chat just about escape rooms yeah indeed (laughs) so if anybody out there perhaps has any questions for Nicole if you want anything answered from an owner's perspective then do feel free to drop me a line you can do that at gmthegm at aol.com or you can find me on facebook um just search gmthegm you can uh, ask any questions for me or Nicole because uh, I, um, you know, we're friends. I've, I've, yeah. I have access to Nicole. I can, I can ask her questions. <laughs> it's like she's checking. <laughs> so proof, like we're friends, we're friends right? right? <laughs> <laughs> we are, but you didn't need to check. um yeah so i can always get any questions answered that you have and uh if you guys have enjoyed this then let us know and maybe i might be able to persuade her to come back sometime we can chat about other things maybe we just have a good old chat about escape rooms and different types of experience yeah that's yeah that's what's interesting isn't it that sounds amazing (laughs) (laughs) so yeah thank you everyone for listening thank you so much nicole for being here And we will, well, I will chat to you next time. And until then, keep on escaping.